You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. Oh, all right. <laughs> proudly resents proudlyresents.com it's Adam Spiegel and today we proudly resent 1972's Blackula talking about the film we have comic Jim Bruce from the Paul Goebel show and filmmaker and fellow former spring breaker Jimmy Castor Jr. <laughs> so two Jimmys that's right nice to meet you Jimmy they both sound a little bit different one's got the smooth tones and one sounds like he always has a cold <laughs> Can we get some Sudafed for Jimmy? That's right. <laughs> uh, so, Jimmy Casser, you this yes. is your idea. Why did you want to pick this film? What's your history? Because I think uh, this movie needs to be seen by everybody in the community. Now, I don't know. We, <laughs> we were at, what was your first experience with it? Blackula. My dad took me to see it um, about three or four days after it opened up in New York. Um, that was 1972. It was probably August, maybe September. It was like five or six I remember seeing it when I saw it then. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, you know, it was scary. There were some images that really stuck with me for my, my whole life. But the final image, right? No, no. The image when that chick woke up in the morgue and she was running down the hall. Oh, right. That yeah. would freak See, you the out. Thing that really, yeah, the thing that really freaked me out was like, my dad covered my eyes in some parts. So, like, I saw her running, but I never saw who she got. So, for my whole life, she was running for me. You know what I mean? Oh, that's even worse. And yeah, that was, that, that, <laughs> that was kind of interesting. But, you know, it was cool. Yeah, I don't want to make it a race thing, but it was cool to see black people on the screen. Like, right. like, like everybody was black. Like, if you notice, like, the bit parts were white people. Like, the cops, they got shot. Or, you know, it was interesting. That, that band that was playing in the club, it was the Hughes Corporation, their whole band was white. They but in real life, they were black. But that's like the bit parts. Once oh, the yeah, leads yeah. were like, oh. but then the head white guy was Dracula. He was still white. So. Well, Dracula, Dracula. <laughs> yeah. But early on, so Dracula. Yeah. Early on, um, they say the location of Transylvania was 1878. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't say Dracula's castle. It says Castle Dracula. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. Chase Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Drax crew. Yeah. But it, that was cool, you know, to see like, like you know, black people in, in, in cool big roles like that. Um, soundtrack was funky. I remember that. My father's a musician, so we always got into music and he pointed certain things out. That was a funky soundtrack. That was a great soundtrack. It's funny too because the soundtrack is so much better than the film. The, you know, like you'll see movies of that caliber and frankly, it's not a great movie. It wants to be a great movie. It Is really it does. Movie might be this, you can talk to sure. us. It really wants to be a great movie. It's not a great movie, but the soundtrack is awesome. The soundtrack you could just listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like, um, well, it's not quite like this exactly, but like Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show, exactly. the music, yeah. the music's really good. The music, the film doesn't make a lick of sense. Blackula makes sense, but Rocky Horror Picture Show does not make sense. If you want to tell me how what the plot of that movie is, I'll give you money. You can't. You can't tell what that plot is. But it's the soundtrack plot, is great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good soundtrack. Catchy tunes. Yeah. Um, cult following because of the catchy tunes and the acting out, like the, the, the Broadway stuff. I, I, I think the, the, the movie Blackula, as far as a vampire flick, they try to stay true to the story, but it, 
You're right. It's not a great movie. It's yeah. not. It's, it's something you can catch and say, yeah, so black. You let maybe a drinking game can go along with it, but it's not like uh it's not a great. But there, you talk about the woman who was running up, running towards the camera, and the guy she gets, he has a hook hand for some reason. And all of a sudden, he's in the corner, and I believe in the first scene when our main doctor, who's black, goes and meets him, he's uh, he's got two hands, and then the doctor calls him and says, "We're coming for that woman I told yeah, you to lock freeze. The door, lock, lock the door. door. Take her out to defroster by the time I get here, which is yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. so basically, you're going to die. Yeah. Right so right pull out this woman who may or may not be a vampire, let her defrost, and make sure you lock the door. And then he takes the hook in and goes, okay, boss. Yeah, scratches his head. Out of the <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, like, not like he had a lot of hair either. Just, hey, what's up, dude? So you can see it. You can see it was off. Do you think the actor was like, you know what? Could he have a hook hand? <laughs> like he was thinking backstory. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe some kind of Moby Dick. I gotta yeah, disagree with you guys right away. I thought this was a really good film. Like really good for today's standards or seventy two standards or as an entertainment value thing? What do you mean really good? Well, you and Jimmy Castor said it was a bad film. I said it was not such a oh when when we first started talking about it. You said, Oh yeah, I knew we gotta see Blackla and I'm I'm sorry it's a bad film. So I avoided watching it until this morning. Right. I got up at six that in the morning. That was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> my standards were way low. I was expecting jump cuts. I was expecting bad lighting. You know. Well, there's plenty of bad lighting. All right, there's, there's, there's that. A ton yeah. of bad lighting. There's a lamp in the beginning where the kerosene lamp, and they yeah. just lit it, yeah. and all of a sudden the whole place yeah. looks always like all bright. Yeah. Well, like. the other thing too is the first scene with the well, first they use the word fag a lot. Well, they don't just say that; they say the whole word. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, like it's no thing. Personally. And they mean it. Yeah. They, they dropped the N-bomb, too. Personally, I was a little more offended by the F word. You know what I mean? The fag word. Because, I don't know, I guess if a white person said, you know, the N-word, then yeah. maybe. But that didn't really affect that me. It was shocking. In that world. It was shocking because they don't say that on TV. So I was like, oh, shit, they're saying that on TV. But when they dropped the F-bomb, I was like, damn. Yeah, and, well, they said, and they didn't say it nicely. No, no either way, you know, it was always like a very derogatory. Well, they were like, "Who cares about a couple of?" And then they and a cab driver. And a cab driver. They couldn't give a shit. You but saw yeah. they said the Black Panthers. That's but, what they uh, said. Oh, I love <laughs> immediately when Dracula's killing people, Blackula, and they immediately blame the Black yeah. Panthers. What Black I like too that. was the uh, one of the uh, homosexual gentlemen in the beginning. Uh, there was the white guy and there was the Italian. I think he was Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Oh, I thought he was black. Uh, no. Then let's go Dominican. Yeah. Let's just wipe the slate. Adam said that. Well, what I kind of liked is I here? liked his like sort of uh, Juan Epstein giant yeah. wig. That was yeah. not his. He did not have that. It was not well, his. only because it was tilted to the side. That did not belong to his head. And I liked it. No, that was not his I, I pro. I don't know. I don't know. The, when he was a, a vampire in L.A. or whatever, when he was you know, roaming the streets. That looked like his real hair. You think so? I had hair like that. Oh. So I'm okay. just speaking from a little bit of experience. I don't know that dude. Wait, wait, uh, you mean the the first victims? Yeah, the first two guys. So, so, so Dracula bites uh, Blackula, or bites this guy who's a prince, and he's there mm-hmm. to, to negotiate slavery, and he doesn't right. want slaves. Right. And he kidnap, uh, Dracula kidnaps his wife, bites this guy, and says, you are now going to be Blackula. Yeah, and, a uh, living fiend. I will make you fiend for the sweet taste of blood, and that's it. Yeah, yeah and then he, so he's locked up for whatever, a couple hundred years until the 70s. Right, he locks him up in a coffin, 
in a room and he locks his girl up in the room too. And the girl so dies. So she's going to die eventually from, you know, no food, no water. But she's going to hear him wake up and try to get out because he's a vampire. He's going to be trying to eat her. Oh. So that's what the, she went through before she died. Yeah. So she's got a lot of issues. She did. <laughs> so these two gay gentlemen. Well, now we feel like we have to be overly nice. Yeah, no, no these yeah. gay gentlemen buy stuff from Castle Dracula and have it shipped to LA, and they rip off the guy they buy it from. Yeah, as far as they're concerned, they do because yeah. the, the curse is not real. As far as because they're modern nineteen seventies gentlemen, they know better than to believe in all this hokey vampire nonsense. They're modern nineteen seventies stereotypes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was like, whoa, exactly, whoa. exactly that. <laughs> I was expecting a lot of black stereotypes and afros, but not gay stereotypes. Not afros. So. A lot of afros. Like, every woman had an afro. Well, you, you know, it's funny. When you talk about, like, <laughs> the like very beginning right of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see Natural? I did. Oh, my God. I mean, I the very beginning of the movie when, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned about the slave trade, I was thinking about how a lot of horror films, and I'm not certainly not the first person to say this, but a lot of horror films, they'll say, like, like, uh, Dawn of the Dead and um, Night of the Living Dead about how there are undercurrents of social issues that are being, like, played out in the horror genre. And, you know, like when you have a bunch of zombies eating people at a mall, for example, it's clearly making fun of consumerism and we're eating each other. Uh That's, you know, and it does that. And I'm like, eh, that's what this movie's trying to do. Because he's cursed by the cruelty of the white man and slavery, and then is forced into this horrible life. There's this curse of being, and I thought, ah, that's kind of cool. It's very much in line with what you do in horror films, classic horror films, where you try to have some sort of, whether it's on purpose or not, but there's some kind of message underneath. Was there a message? I I think there oh I think there was trying to be one I don't know that like there the was slave thing didn't really happen it, the message of slavery didn't really no no that's yeah. but that's the thing that, that's what like, he thought it was going to be yeah and then but that's why he was there they had to come up I think they just added that for backstory yeah well apparently he was just like a regular guy in the original story and then the actor came in he's like I want to make him a prince. Yeah, they don't change the names or an African name, and so, so it did more dignity. It didn't seem to fit. I mean, it was. Well, I thought it was going to give me backstory. That's cool backstory, but I don't think the slavery thing was. I don't know. I didn't see slavery, that. but like they couldn't think of another reason for a black person to be there. I know what I mean. I, was just, <laughs> no, I'm not, I, mean, I know it's not the reason, but I'm serious. Like I was like, could you think of some other reason besides slave trade? I think, I think another thing with the slavery might have been like um, this was before Roots. This is before so Roots, pre-Roots. Brothers P-R. would know there'd be brothers in the movie if you say <laughs> slavery, you know what yeah. I mean? So maybe they would support, I don't know. I didn't see the tie. I didn't see the tie. No, I didn't see the tie either, but yeah. I think they meant it to be there. It could have been thing. another reason. They could have been negotiating gold, is what I'm saying. I'm trying to dig myself out of the racist <laughs> hole I dug myself. But it could have been gold. Any other reason, I don't know why it had to be slavery. Now, I know you. You're not a racist. I've known you for a while, so we can... And I've never let you in my house, right? Ever. Ever. <laughs> or me and my girlfriend. No, Debbie. No, uh, I, 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 the message, I don't know. To me, I really, one of the main things was I was just so happy to see brothers on the screen, like, in roles. So, any, that in the music, yeah, kind of, everything else was just, you know, this is another vampire movie. Then when I watched it again, I, I saw a lot of the stereotypes, but that's how they had to make movies back then, right? For people to see them. But there wasn't as bad as other, because film, some films are really bad. And even the 70s are just really bad. So this, Shaft was 
Shaft was pretty bad. <laughs> Except for Shaft, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this is the movie that set off a lot of black exploitation films. So they just were like, well, this film without stereotypes works. Let's put movies with stereotypes. Yeah. Like you said, black people had all the, the key jobs. Yeah. White people were all CSI chicken. Remember? She was looking at his wife? Yeah, his girl. Yeah, they had CSI back then in Watts. In Watts. It was Watts. CSI Watts. Very not a very popular version. Dude, that's a show right there. CSI Watts. That would be awesome. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. But I watched Black Dillard, so you know. (laughs) Did you grow up watching more black film, you know, TV? Because I had a friend whose mom was very didn't watch sitcoms or only watched the Jeffersons because there were black people in it. Do you know? Well, I did I watched a lot of T V. Um, I was exposed to a lot of different things in my life, music, you know, not just black, but I would definitely seek out black shows, good times, uh, black, you know, black movies, yeah. because there weren't that many out there, and it was just cool to be, oh, yeah, I got a show too, you know, remember Sticks on Happy Days? Sticks, yeah, the drummer. I was so happy to see a brother, <laughs> like, to have a wine, but then they brought it down with the racism. It had know? to be about racism, because you'd be a drummer. No, yeah. couldn't. Well, and then it reason. turned out Richie was the racist. Remember? <laughs> yeah. We thought it was Ralph. Yeah, no, yeah, Richie Richie did some I don't remember the whole episode, but I remember Richie did something a lot about him, right? Yeah, because it was uh well Fonzie, of course, was the guy who had it right. It turned out he had it right. Because Richie was like is like kept saying, Sticks is my black friend. Oh, and that yeah. was the thing, and and Fonzie said, "Hey, uh, you know, something like that." <laughs> hey, said like, uh, you imagine hey. Fonzie lying? Hey, okay, but it's like, hey, he's 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 your black friend. You're the racist because he's your black friend. He's right. not your friend. I remember that. And then they that kicked point. him off the show. <laughs> he was the drummer. And he had to go. Yeah, yeah. it never sounds like such a. a after school movie message now. Oh yeah. Uh, to put it, it that way, so but that's exactly what it was. Yeah, exactly what it was a about. race episode. But you were to them it was a race episode for you. It was like, hey there's a black guy. Yeah, <laughs> and this a to be continued? Get that one out of here. What? <laughs> but this film, um I'm just trying to bring it back. Oh there's two gay guys from the oh the cop says uh what do we care about two gay guys from the village? Yeah he didn't say that. He, he didn't said, say gay guy? I wrote gay. No he didn't say <laughs> yeah, he said word. <laughs> no, but this is what I liked about the film was that it was well made. Like even it was American International, which made a lot of B movies. Right. This is the one hundredth B movie. One hundredth. Yeah. yeah. But it, I thought it would be really crappy. Like I've seen you must have seen this, uh Sweet Badass Blada. Sweet Sweetbacks Badass song. Have you actually seen that? We the had movie? to see that in college. Alright. I went to Howard and I was and I was in film school at Howard. They made us watch that as a like you know, this is a turning point black cinema. I couldn't believe that, man. Did you see... Well, terrible. Come I, on. I don't think that's a very good movie either. <laughs> so, uh, Melvin Van Peeble, Mario's father, made this movie um, with no money, and he stars in it, and it was one of the first big hit black films that started black exploitation. So you read about it, you learn about how this film changed everything, and then you watch it, and you're like, this this guy's a crappy filmmaker. Now, he does, he's, he's done some great work, and his Since. son makes some good movies. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. His son is a very good filmmaker and a good actor. The movie and about this movie that his son made is really good. It's better than the film. I mean, I yeah. don't understand. Like, people were putting out, like, I mean, if you're going to put a movie out, say, you're going to compete with, like, Cecil B. You're going to be competing with these people. It doesn't have to be the same budget, but talent, I mean, entertainment-wise, you're competing with these people. How can you put... I, I probably people any black people listening to me like oh he doesn't know what he's talking about how can you put that out and really like you know be like oh this is my best effort 
It well, wasn't. It was what he could do. It's, yes. Yeah, it's money and time. Because I'm sure it wasn't just money. I'm sure it was also time. But around the same time, there were like people like the Rolling Stones putting out songs. Everything was great. Stevie Wonder had the shoestring budget. He was putting out classics. You know what I mean? It's, it's, but you know what? It's different. It's so di- A film is so different. Like um, I, I've done like short films and sketches with like comedy groups and stuff. And we did this dumb show on fuel television. And we were always... You're always hamstrung by the fact that you have to make every component work and money-wise. And it's, But when I do stand-up, because it's just me, it's easy to control. You don't need money. Like, and like Stevie Wonder is Stevie Wonder. That's He's Stevie Wonder. Like, he can do anything. But people are putting this movie up there with, like, my, you know, some Stevie Wonder stuff. I think you know, contextually, right? Like, it's 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 in the moment. I yeah. think because there were no black movies. So, the the whole thing to have this, the, the lore of uh, his movie, Melvin Van People's movie. I can't remember the title. Say the title again. Sweet, I'm not going to say it. Wait a minute, his movie. <laughs> That's another thing. The title's ridiculous to say. I know. It I was, mean, but it was I like mean, an amateur there was, effort. There was a dude in the 30s named Oscar Michaud. He was a brother. He used the French name so he can get over he was putting out some good movies that could compete with, like, Hitchcock. And he had no budget. Uh-huh. And he was acting like he was, you know, somebody else. He was doing so many things. And then, like, he put out good movies. Paul Robeson, there were some good movies out there. And then they say, oh, this is the best feature to come out in years. And they put that out. That's like saying, that's like keeping all those, like, VH1 basketball-wise. Let's make black people look worse. You know what I mean? They, they, I don't think Blackula did that, but I'm not. No. I don't think Melvin Van Peoples was thinking that. But for us to keep watching it and have to watch that for its context and how good it is, I think that's a little. Um, yeah, give me a Spike Lee movie. You know what I mean? A John Singleton movie. If I want to show what black filmmakers can do, I don't want to show that. Behind the screen. Hey fans of Probably Resents, this is Paul Goble from The Paul Goble Show. You are listening to my friend Jim Bruce on Adam Spiegelman's podcast, Probably Resents. If you like Jim and think he's amusing, imagine him teamed up with me. Holy crap, what a great show that would be. Jim and I co-host The Paul Goble Show every week. You can find it at thekingoftv.com or on iTunes or all the other uh, podcast-related places. Thanks, and uh, please tell your friends, because they don't listen to this show. Well, that's what, to get into Black Widow, it's actually a well-made movie. At the time, a lot of, you know, you figured, they would just, let's just pump it out and get it out there. And there's some, all right, two faggot decorators, as the cops there say. <laughs> right. The cops are talking technical, and they're like, well, listen here, sir, it's too... But they weren't being racist. All right, that was a start. No, they weren't, but in a way, they were. They weren't being racist. Oh, so Dracula comes back, or Blackula comes back to life, and he happens to go to this club, and he happens to see this woman who happens to be exactly looking like his wife. Right. Right. And when he finally talks to her, she instantly falls in love with him. They're fucking that night. I mean, <laughs> yeah. for like what, five so I think if if the way I read the story as far as just watching it unfold, I was like, she doesn't just look like his. She she actually is the reincarnated. I think that's the story. I think uh-huh. that's what they're telling us, right? And that is actually classic vampire. That's a classic vampire trope. Is to, is he sees the love of his life. 
because she's the one that he won't bite unless she says it's okay. You know, he actually tries to honor her as a as a woman. Is she's not just food. So I liked that. I think they did that part really well as far as telling that part of the story. I think uh-huh. they did a really good job. Coincidentally, she is the sister of the cop who was a doctor, Doctor Cop. Sister of the CSI. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And her husband is chasing down Black. He's Van Helsing. He's Van Helsing. Right. You know what? What I thought was really like just such so funny in the way that it didn't work at all was their buddy <laughs> their buddy at the club strange dude guy yeah who just sits down and starts drinking the champagne and we're like who the fuck is yeah, this I guy too, that is one strange dude that was his line right yeah I wrote down his name his name was like Stilt or uh Skillet 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 yeah <laughs> every neighborhood has a skillet because yeah. there's some dark brothers out there that skillet <laughs> there's a guy named Skillet who will sit down and drink your champagne yeah there's always a chicken wing too the, the guy <laughs> with the you know born different than other people that chicken wing it was a chicken wing I was going to have some of this uh, champagne <laughs> yeah, but he was a voice of reason Skillet he was like this is a strange dude yeah he's a strange yeah, dude yeah that's true that guy. that's what he meant and the way he said strange dude you know, he, you know each time he stressed a different word yeah well, that's what during the audition. He said, "This is a strange dude." And he said, "Can you make it?" Can you, stranger? Strange dude. That's it. Do it like you did in the audition. Speak your lips out. But also, like a black, like it seemed like a great line on this woman. He said, "Hey, I'm," because he tells her the truth right off the bat. He says, "I'm black. Um, I was bit. My wife is you reincarnated years later." And she fell for it. Right, her parents fell right off. He hit her with that line. He's like, "I won't come back." And then she's like, wait, don't leave me. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't force you and I'm not coming back. And she was like, wait. Uh, so, but he, he didn't even wait by the door. He just kept going. Right. He knew it was working. Right. Yeah, he was breathing. I like, he, I thought, I did, I did get the reincarnation part. Even as a kid, I was like, wow, that's his chick. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? And that had me thinking. But I, I also um, thought that he was like Dracula, like with the mind control. He was like, I'm going to make you get up and follow me out the door. You know what I mean? He does Yeah, he did that. Yeah. I got that out of it too. So she fell in love with him at that point, but then later on in the movie, the next kinda, day he was up in her crib. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love that he used the line, the black line. It worked. Jimmy, you appreciate this. One time I used the line that I said I was a, a scout for MTV Grind. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy and I did MTV uh, Spring Break. We lived together in Florida for three weeks. Oh my! Oh yeah. yeah. We, we had to go find girls for MTV Grind, and that yeah. was just like the, the greatest Club line. Love that vida. Probably be the United Spinners. We got paid to drive around spring break, which we'll get back to do later. But they, whenever uh, Blackula was bad, Blackula, he had the worst makeup. Oh right? yeah, he had the, like, the hair, you know, like Fozzie Bear. Would, he had these huge. The hair would come out of his face. Yeah, I thought his teeth looked pretty good. Teeth looked good. It, it was a really good part of it. And, and, and like he could mess you up in the club. A woman takes their picture. And Black is like, oh shit, I gotta get this picture because I'm not gonna show up in it. So she goes in the dark room, she develops, she sees it, and then he and comes. And she's up. drinking a Coors. Yeah, she was <laughs> drinking. I noticed that. I had to stop and bring it up. And it's the same can, yeah. same logo, and everything. I was like, wow. She's enjoying a delicious, refreshing Coors. The Rocky Mountain. Her last drink. <laughs> so, but he comes at her because he's got to kill in her in the dark room. In the dark room, but he he goes. uh and it was, and I imagine it sounded like a grandfather chasing his kid around, yeah. his grandkid around yeah. the house. Arr, arr. Like that, and the makeup kind of threw me. That and then he called up the picture to let everyone know. Yeah, but he didn't take the negative. 
Right, which so he uh, wasn't around when phonographs were invented. Probably he didn't. Know, yeah, how did he know what it was? He no one looked at it. Maybe you heard it through the coffin. <laughs> no, when he goes, when they take <laughs> the picture, he goes, "This, this is a problem." <laughs> she had that camera that you pull out and shake the picture anyway. I don't know what she was developing. It was she really had a Polaroid. She was taking. She pictures. did. I think she was taking pictures with a Polaroid. And then developing the pictures. Yeah. I don't know. Skillet was his name. We had that. Skillet. <laughs> That's a strange dude. Yeah, he did sit down and start drinking the champagne. Yeah, it's your birthday. Give me a drink. Like, damn, who is that? How do we know this guy? Why, why, is, why is that okay? Probably like Rollo from Sanford and Son. Rollo with his goat. <laughs> Rollo, get your goat out of here. And so Van Helsing realizes, well, these people that have died, they must be vampires. So he's gonna, he gets an okay to dig up the, the white guy who dies. Right. And so he goes to dig him up. And brings his wife with him. Yeah. yeah. Who's a suicide doctor, but yeah, not very safe. Not at all. Because he opens the coffin and the vampire jumps out. Did what did he have a steak prepared or was that part well, of that the Well that was that's what bothered me. He had the steak because he knew there could be a vampire. He still brought just one person, his wife. Right. And the women in this movie don't do anything but scream when there's a fight scene. Yeah. They never no join. Gun. He didn't bring a gun, did he? No, but he knew not to. Because he knew it was a vampire in there. If it was anything it was a vampire. So he brought a steak. And he put it through his heart. So he knew that was coming. Well, it's well. You just talk about like the the role of the women in the film. One of the things that they're there to do is to showcase that they're with strong, good black men. That's their job, really, as far as propelling the story. Because uh-huh. that's the thing that they do. And well, like you said, like it was nice to see a movie with black people in major in major roles, right? So then beyond that, we also want to show positive images like this guy's a doctor. He's not just in the movie. He's a doctor. He's good at his job. And he's a fucking jack of all cha- trades. He can kill vampires. He just knows how to kill vampires, which I don't think most people do know how to kill a vampire. Even I don't care how many movies you've seen. If you actually meet a vampire, probably going to be hard to kill. You're going to shoot him at first. But this guy was ready. Yeah, he was ready, because that dude sat up right away, and right on cue, the chick started screaming, and then he stops. He staked them there. But I thought it was kind of cool, and he kills a vampire in the coffin, falls back in, and she freaks out and says, he was alive, and you killed a living person. He was alive or dead. You just put him out of his misery. Like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the, yeah. He goes back to the police when he realizes who, that his uh, sister in law's boyfriend is Blackula. And he has him do a sketch. Did he do a sketch of who yeah. Blackula is? And it was like a children's drawing. It was Count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that picture before. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. I, was really, I thought, well, like, what's the next? And, like, and there was a woman with a stick figure with circled boobs. You know? Really? No, I just think it was so simple, oh, like drawing. Yeah. Like, and and it looked just like, yeah. yeah, this is who he yeah. is. Uh, would so you, after yeah. he staked the guy in the thing, he, he said, oh, the cop has to see this. I can't tell him. So I'm going to call the dude, throw the broad out. You know what I mean? After she thaws out, I'll bring the dude in the spot. Boom. You know, and that's exactly what happened when he got in the spot. Well, one of the things I love about movies like this, too, was the cab driver who was like, just because you ha- you're on a budget and it's clearly like, this is the closest cab hat we could get to fit you. <laughs> it's clearly not a cab hat for her head. No. It's no. like... For a head a shade smaller, so she's got this tiny cab hat on top of her head. It was a backstory that her head grew. Yeah. She got the wrong. <laughs> she had a cold that day. They said, what size hat you have? And they heard, like, three instead of four, and right. they got the wrong. Yeah. She had a wow. I don't know if you caught that. 
You guys got the reincarnation. I got the hat stuff. Now yeah. you got it down. That hat kind of reminded me of like Prince's band in the eighties and nineties. <laughs> Girls, Wendy at least used to wear cat hats. Oh yeah, that's right. The revolution. That's what reminded me of when I saw it right away. And she called him imbecile. He was cool until she said boy. Because boy was a really derogatory term. But even a black man back in the 1700s. Yeah, he he didn't like that. Yeah, Yeah, he was a prince, man. He was all right with a a woman yelling at him, even though he was a prince. He hit him. He was cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) He hit him with the cat. She called him imbecile. You stupid. It's your fault. Boy. And that's when he's like, I gotta drink this bitch. As soon as he said it, she's like, oh, fuck. Oh, boy. My problem. Damn. I just back it up. It's all right that I hit you. No big deal. You're okay. Yeah, it was fun. Would you recommend this movie to, to people to see? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a good movie to see. Uh, not, I certainly wouldn't, like, if somebody said, hey, what's a movie that, a great movie to see? I wouldn't, no. But what it's interesting. It's a very interesting movie. And again, contextually. I would, I recommended you to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would recommend, yeah. I would recommend I would recommend Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song if, you know, in the right context. This I would recommend, yes, because it's short. It's, um, it does do a lot of things in different ways. Show black men in strong roles, the soundtrack, blah, blah, blah. It's not a bad made movie. Some of the acting is horrible. I would, I would recommend it, but don't take it too seriously, you know? Yeah, I would recommend it too, I think. Better than Sweet Ass, but Sweet Yeah, I would better somebody was like, oh, I want to see how movies were in the beginning when black people started getting power or into movies. I would be like, watch this, and don't do that, but watch it, yeah. and you'll see what it's sure, about. Sure, there's an audience, and then if you make, oh, this, yeah. Black Hill was one of the most popular movies of the year. It was. Yeah, it was, he made over a million bucks, and it was a huge hit. <laughs> so then, huge. But then they wouldn't, it's just so funny, it's like, oh, great, well, let's just crank out movies and put in stereotypes. It's like, no, it worked. Yeah. People, white people and black people will right. see a movie like this. But um, I would recommend it. No, we said there was a message, but is there a moral to this movie? What is a, you know, is there a moral, like, coming out of this film? I think the main thing is, uh, like, one of the huge things, he commits suicide at the end because he can't be with this chick. So love is in there somewhere. There's love in a lot of different, like, the love between the CSI guy and the, I mean, girl, and, and then her sister and her. There's a lot of love bonds uh-huh. in the movie. Um I think love, some kind of love or something has to be considered as one of the main themes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, I think there was an intended social message. I don't think it actually exists in the film, so I couldn't tell you what it is, but I think there was one intended. I was trying to figure it out because, obviously, it's a horror film, first and foremost, but... I don't think you can just say, regard, I, it is backstory, but I don't think you can bring up slavery without it meaning something. Right, definitely. And even when he was like, even Dracula in the beginning was like someone from my stature to like someone like your color. You know what I mean? Because he was yeah. like, I'll take your girl. And he was like, what? You can't talk to me like that. He's like, that's a compliment. You know, me being, you know, Dracula, I, I like your girl, you know, and she's black. That was one thing. And when the cab driver called him boy, yeah. that was another thing because she called him all kinds of stuff and then she called him boy and that's when he got mad. Yeah, exactly. So I think definitely some kind of slavery, strong black man fighting each other. I think that was in there. Yeah, I guess that really would be the over- overriding theme would just be the like that these are men 
living living lives of dignity within this weird vampire world. But that's really every character is like a fairly dignified character. You've got a doctor. You know, you've got your Cliff Huxtable. You know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, the moral is if you buy antiques from a castle... <laughs> And there is a coffin with a lock on it. A yeah. coffin with a lock on it. So things can't come out of the yeah, coffin. Yeah, Don't exactly. open it. Bring that to the antiques roadshow. Yeah, yeah. like, you know what? That would be great. Well, let's open it. <laughs> you know what's funny, too? Thinking about these two idiot guys in the beginning opening up the coffin. Even if there's not a vampire, you say, oh, here's an old coffin. Maybe I shouldn't open it right away because yeah. there's probably a body in it. No, at the very least, and he's beating on it. He's beating on it. You know, with the trying to get the lock open. That's crazy. That was beautiful. Thanks. So that's even dumb too because you want to get the lock in one piece you to make your money. That's a good piece of <laughs> antique right there. You just I broke think, it. I think a theme. I don't know. It's all hit me from what you said. You, you have some some wise input and some wise observations. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know a lot of it was a black and white thing because this white guy turned this black guy into something, and at the end he was like, "If I can't live the way I want to, I'm just going to die." True. So yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, and I saw this when it first came out, and that just hit me. Yeah, so I'm glad I hung out with you white guys today. <laughs> well, okay, we're opening up your mind. And the white cops were just idiots. <laughs> they were bit right. The white cops. stereotypes of, of the, like what you see now, like <laughs> him in a movie. Hey, man, come in. Yeah, you know, the cops. same stereotype, but, you know, just reverse. I, it just occurred to me, too, that they couldn't get decent hats for the white cops either, because the white cops had the weird little helmets that you're like, no, right, they had the helmets, which is right out of a sci fi movie from the 70s. Yeah. Blackula grabs the guy with a helmet. Throws him against the wall and his head hurts. It's like he hit your helmet against yeah. the wall. You should be fine. Yeah, yeah. that was the one part he should not hit. But he's black, you know. Yeah, he's very strong. Is that strong? Yeah, he's strong. Even in a helmet. He did a lot of like fire stuff too. I didn't know that fire that. automatically kills vampires. And it does not. It does not, no. It just oh, you know what was great about this film? Dracula turns into a bat. And that doesn't happen yeah, anymore. It doesn't happen in Twilight. True, it doesn't. There's yeah. no bat because that would be a badass movie. Twilight is like, I'll meet you over here. I'll, yeah. I'll get there first. Right, exactly. Yeah. I'll stop and get some fruit on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, werewolf. You got traffic. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Fly over. That's uh, great, Jim. How do we find you? Uh, of course, you can find me at the Paul Gobel Show. Uh, very funny show. KingTV.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Comic Jim Bruce, and you can see me doing stand up around town. And Jimmy Castle, we got stuff where we can find your your YouTube channels. Uh, yeah, but you can find me with Adam. You can find me with Adam most of the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still filmmaking. I'm doing my thing. You'll know when it comes out. But I'm I'm hanging with Adam. If you need to find me, I'm with Adam. But I want to know uh, how do people find your dad's videos? You put up a lot. Uh, you can just punch Jimmy Caster into any search engine. His website will come up. You can go to if you go to iTunes, just punch in Jimmy Caster, Jimmy Caster bunch. Um, yeah, you know, I got most of his stuff on iTunes, and I'm making a lot of uh, a lot of noise with his music because I have the tracks and stuff. But that's you know you can find him. Just punch Jimmy Caster. He did a lot of he did a track the song he sent yeah, me. Yeah. That'll be I'll play that at the end of the show. Awesome song. And we'll put the the YouTube clip. But he also did King Kong. Did he do King Kong? He did King Kong. Did the character Birth of Blood. He did Creature yeah, from the Black The Mummy Godzilla. I mean, he did you name it. He did it. The, he did the Hulk. Very, and, but he also, you know, the thing about my dad was he's a really serious musician. He's also an instrumentalist. He wrote some of the biggest songs that you don't know it's him, but like you know, say he wrote, songs is obviously the biggest. Um, one. It's just begun. It's a huge song. It's like the breakdance anthem that was in Flashdance. But he wrote that like when this movie came out, 
my father was a superstar. So it was like we had to sneak in the movie theater. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's just begun. And Trombolodite, those were huge. Trombolodite sold two and a half million copies in like six months. Uh-huh. You know, so in New York, he was huge. So when we went to see this, it was a, it was another cool. Did your dad put his afro in a baseball cap? He and did he... have a cap. He <laughs> <laughs> had the glasses and I had to duck down and, yeah. and I'd eat the popcorn the right way just in case paparazzi was there taking pictures. Yeah, it was... What do you mean you couldn't just shove it in your mouth? No, 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 no. I had to use utensils the right... I had to learn. I had to, like, finishing school upstairs in the attic, you know? What, <laughs> <laughs> would it be a scandal? Jimmy Kessler's son shows popcorn in his mouth. My father uses pride, salad like, like doctor, like the doctor in Blackula. My dad had pride. He, he related to. Me. I like that guy's mustache. The doctor's mustache. <laughs> that was badass. Yeah, it was. That's always like when I see he mustache. Was, he worked a lot. Yeah, he was on Good Times. This was before Roots. He was. I think everybody in that movie was in Roots. Though. <laughs> what about Blackula himself? He was not in a lot. Of stuff. He was in Pee Wee's Playhouse, dude. He was. Yeah. Who did he play? Oh, um, I I don't know. Well, he was a king of cartoons. No, that no, was no, Lawrence no. Fishburne. No, 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 no that no, was no, a no. cowboy. Um, he King was, of Cartoons. Yeah, King of Cartoons. I saw that on Wikipedia. I had really? to go there. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I knew him, like before Blackjack, I knew him as a singer. Uh-huh. He, he put out records. Oh, wow. I, I remember that. William Marshall. Yeah, yeah. Very Elizabethan, you know, classically trained guy. Could, great voice. Yeah, great, great voice. voice. It was great. perfect for that character. Good acting, too. For yeah, him. and for him to have input on the role, which I also read, was cool. Because he was knowledgeable in the field of uh, filmmaking. Uh-huh. So he had, I, I bet you he added a lot to that flick. He was good. I didn't like his girl, though. The girl, Tuva. She couldn't act. To me, she wasn't good in that. She was good in other movies. Wasn't she Foxy Brown? No, she wasn't Foxy Brown. No. She was in another one of those movies. Uh-huh. She was good. She was pretty. I mean, she I was just was like, eh, yeah, just good enough actors for something like that. Denise. Well, you know what? The reason I thought it was all right, I'm sorry, is because she didn't have to do anything but be hypnotized by being in love with him. So she could walk around and be stale and then dazed. And her sister was the one who had to act because she had to be, she was yeah. a real yeah. person. Yeah, her sister was, her sister was in the electric company. Denise. Oh, really? She was in Heat of the Night down the, like, the let's TV show. do it again with Sydney. Point. Yeah, yeah, she was... I thought that was the most beautiful woman on the planet, next to my mom, of course. 15 years. Denise Nichols. Denise Nichols. Oh, she's on a lot of stuff. Let's give Jimmy a minute oh, right now. Everybody's tweeting, faving, and deleting. Follow Friday, some of you know. And play Dream Tweet, the game show to go. It's the game show to go. Dream tweet, everybody. It's the celebrity-based Twitter-themed game show that's coming your way where two Twitter titans go head-to-head in a battle of wits and wisdom. Tune in. Subscribe on iTunes, and there'll be a new game every single week. And remember, if things get a little bit sassy, just try and keep in mind that I'm just being a bitch. That's my catchphrase, and I'll be using it, and we'll be having laughs, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's Dream Tweet, the game show to go, and it's coming soon. Dream Tweet. Thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you. You too. Tune into his show. It's funny. Yeah, it's a funny show. This will be on uh, either Halloween or Black History Month. Okay, that's it. (laughs) Black History Day. So check out Proudly Resents, ProudlyResents.com, and Twitter, at Proudly resents. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you, James. Guy. Thank you, Brandon. Great job, RJO Hot House. 
Hi, I'm Eddie Pepitone from the Long Shot Podcast. Hey, we are doing a year in review show. Call or write us with the best bad movie you saw last year. It doesn't matter what year the movie came out, just that you saw it last year. Call on our comment line. Ready? Get a pencil. <laughs> I'll wait. Okay, got one? Okay. 646-481-5476. Keep it clean and short. We might air it. Go to ProudlyResents.com for details. My favorite movie is, um, I would have to say it's uh, Angels in the Outfield. Because I enjoy Proudly Resents. Adam, we're, we're out of time for this interview. What are right. rolling, guys? You want to test Jim and Jim? Go ahead, Jim. Hello. You're good. Mic check, one, two, one, two. And this is me. This is excited. You good? Let me get yours one more time. One, two, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q. One, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. You like the buttery voice, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like that, don't you? <laughs> right, my pants are right. falling off.